Um, hey guys. What's up? Hey. Welcome <laughs> to the 13th Floor Podcast. I'm Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And I'm talking about aliens today. Not just aliens. What about aliens? What if aliens come to Earth? <gasps> Huh. Holy cannoli. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but they might already be here. Who knows? I was going to say, according to our other episodes, they've been here several times in different shapes and sizes. <laughs> That's true. James, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you guys? We're doing, we're doing, you know, good enough. I just remember, Alex, I've got to do my eye drops last <laughs> week. Cece got pink eye. I got, <laughs> Alex, don't call it pink eye. No, it was conjunctivitis. Okay? Oh. Let's not use that other You got what word. the kittens get in the, the Arms of the Angels commercials. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I woke up one more. I woke up and uh, it was on Friday and I went downstairs. Nothing felt wrong. I did my makeup, got Gwen ready and did all that stuff. And then I went to like look at my hair in the mirror before I took her to school, make sure I didn't look like a hot mess. And mm. my eye was just, I was like, what is wrong with my eye? Mm. It was puffy. It was red. I showed it to Alex and Alex said, ooh. I've never seen someone struggle with eye drops so much. I, I'm really bad at eye drops. I have to have somebody else do them. You know what the cause of, of that is, right? Poop. James, yeah. listen. Yeah. We don't, so they should call we, it brown eye. <sighs> <laughs> Listen, I'm regretting telling this to you at all. <laughs> I know where it comes from. And I, if I could tell you how many times people have joked about, oh, did Alex fart on your pillow? <laughs> it, oh, man. I love that that's their first impression, too. Yeah. Like, even though you guys yeah. have a child. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Yeah, no. <laughs> guys. All right. Well, listen, I'm better now. It's the fourth day out of five days of my eye drops. So I'm going to be handy dandy here soon. Um, James, has any exciting life life events happened to you? Have you caught conjunctivitis? I have not. Uh, I'm, I'm good on that end. <laughs> my eyes are still blue. Um, have you been to the gym at all? I have several times. You didn't drop any uh, weights on your foot? I didn't, but I'm cutting right now, and it's very frustrating because I'm I'm lifting lower weights now, and that's very, I don't know, it's ego bruising to get weaker what instead is, of stronger. What is cutting? Oh, cutting is when you reduce your caloric intake so that you can reduce body fat and have more definition. Whew, well, for a second, like whenever I hear cutting, I think of like teeth, like baby teeth coming in. So uh, I was like, is James sprouting new teeth? Yeah. That's the deal. I, I can't deadlift anymore because I'm teething. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, enough talking about our maladies or my malady. Yeah. Um, how about we give our hearty hellos? Hearty. All right, you guys. Today, we want to say hello to everybody around the globe, but we do want to give special shout out to everybody in the United Kingdom because mm. y'all have been listening like crazy and it warms my heart. We Holy also want to say hello. To everyone in Iran, because we've had a big listener. Really? Yeah, like there, we've got like a lot of downloads from Iran. Oh, cool, cool. And then also here in the states, we're gonna say hello to everybody in Rhode Island. What's up, Rhode Island? Hey, Yay. shout out to Peter Griffin. So you guys, those are our hearty hellos wherever you're listening around the globe. Thank you for tuning in. Is it time for our icebreaker? I think so. Okay, you guys. 
Today, we're talking about aliens, what would happen if they came to Earth, blah, blah, blah. So I thought of this icebreaker, okay? You were scared I was going to come up with a sorry one, weren't you? <laughs> I, You know what? Yeah, yeah. I was. Because every time we talk about aliens, <laughs> here comes James with his sorry stuff. Mm. So I'm just going to cut that out, James. I'm, you're Listen, you're not in charge of the icebreaker today. <laughs> I want to know if you could only have one survival gear a piece of survival gear, if you were fleeing from aliens, what would you grab? Uh, one piece of survival you gear? You can only have one piece of survival gear. And this doesn't include anything that you wear. So mm. clothes, you have all the clothes you need. Okay. What's the yeah. one thing you would take? Uh, you know, you probably need something to filter water, is what I'm thinking, or something to start fires. Mm. But you also need shelter. But you're going to have lots of destroyed homes to live in after the alien invasion. <laughs> so you could just sleep like under those, I guess. Uh, I, I guess I would... Something to start fires. Something to start fires? Okay, good. That's a good answer. Yeah. I would probably grab some type of thing to cut with. So like a knife or mm. a hatchet. That's what teeth are for. What? That's what teeth are for. Teeth are for... <laughs> listen, this is the thing, you guys. Um, Alex's, Alex and his mom... Use their teeth to open everything. <laughs> and the other day, Gwen walks up to me with a packet of something that she can't open. She, I try to open it. I can't open it. She goes, use your teeth, mommy. <laughs> so Alex would take his teeth and a thing of matches. Oh, James, man. what would you take? Uh, well, I think you guys had really good pragmatic answers because those are like the two big things you should have. It was a fire starter and a knife. That being said, this is a very unique situation. I would take a gun because, hear, hear me out, so you need something to start fires, right? Shoot an alien in the head, take his ray gun, boom, now you can start fires. Wow. You, need, you need something to eat. Shoot the alien, eat the alien. Checkmate. James, I think it's naive, naive of you to think that conventional weapons will be able to take out an alien. I kind of wonder if you were going to throw that out. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't pan out. But hey, got got to go down fighting. That's right. That's right. You got to at least try. Listen, if all three of us teamed up in the case of an alien invasion, I think that you know we would survive because James would James would take care of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, that's our icebreaker today. I think it's time to talk about aliens. Yeah, are I'm we ready? Gonna, yeah, I want to get us started today. Okay, Alex, you go. Yeah, you go, boy. So I, I, I'm covering why would aliens come visit our humble little blue pearl of space of a planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So alien, and I got all my information from uh, a article on LitHub called. Why would aliens even bother with Earth? <laughs> yeah, and they they got all their information from a book that I suggest people to go read called Aliens: The World Leading the World's Leading Scientists on the Search for Extraterrestrial Life. Ooh, by Jim yeah. Kalalil. That sounds Kalalil. wonderful. Yeah, I botched that last name, so good luck. So, aliens are most likely. Visit Earth for a few reasons, at least if we're watching science fiction, right? Mm -hmm. And th that's where uh, I derived all of my topics, and that's where Alalil seems to derive all of his. It turns out science fiction has pretty much encompassed everything. So we've all seen this one, 
where they come to Earth and they enslave humanity. Yeah. To do their bidding. Which, you know, we've 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 seen. Why would aliens do this? Well, they probably wouldn't. Um, <laughs> it turns out if they were advanced enough for like a hyper advanced space travel, then in all, all likelihood, they would have developed some sort of automation or right. robots to do labor for them. Uh, it's a lot of work to take care of an entire planet of enslaved humans. You got to yeah. feed them. You got to make sure they stay alive. Maybe you give them first aid. I don't know what aliens would do. But robots, you just fix them if they can even break. I mean, if they're if they're this advanced, it's probably pretty hard to break these things. And yeah. they can lift more. You don't need as many of them. So we're kind of useless to things that are traveling through oh, that space. That gives me a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're pretty, pretty, pretty useless. Now the next, next one, sex. not really not really that i mean kind of like one theory is that they want to mate with us like maybe their species is thinning out something like that and they see humans as the only option to further their species Hmm. but the problem with this one though is pretty obvious for anyone that's knows about ligers and donkeys right Yeah. yeah they wouldn't be anywhere near us in terms of genetics for any ability to cross me. Like, there would be no likers, most likely. There would be no <laughs> donkeys. There just wouldn't be anything. Uh, humans can't even mate with apes who are really close to us yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of genetics. So, the chances of an alien being able to assimilate with our DNA at all, next to zero. Hmm. What about- but what if, this is the thing, what if the aliens mm. were from Earth previously and then they left and came back? Well, that's a whole other thing now, but they could have also diverged from the evolutionary chain over millions of years. That's or true. That's so, true. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then also if they look just like us, it's not going to be so scary if they want to mate with us, I guess. Um, uh, the, the Asari. Yeah. The James oh, Asari. Boy. Oh, boy. Now, what about, what if they want to make us into food? It probably know? tastes pretty bad, What right? if they're interested in a human BLT? That's bladder, liver, and tonsils. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> for similar reasons as the mating theory, uh, this is actually even more so, or not more so, but less so. If they wanted to eat us, they likely wouldn't receive any nutrition, and we would probably really make them sick. Like an um, alien bellyache? Yeah, they probably get alien bellyaches because oh. everything on Earth is actually pretty similar genetically, which is part of why we are able to eat so many different things and our body is able to digest and extract nutrients out of them. <laughs> Whereas if aliens came here, they would be so different from everything here that if they ate us, their bodies would just, like, we'd be, we'd, if they were able to even, pro- like, if it made it through their entire system, they still wouldn't extract any nutrients out of us. Mm. So we would be useless to them. Yeah. And that's if we don't make them sick. Yeah. No thanks. I'm allergic to humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're just, we're not compatible to be eaten by something very foreign to us. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Now what about water? Right. That's a pretty, that's one we've seen in some movies, right? But what if it's like War of the Worlds where you just throw water on them? Oh, no. No, that, that, that was science. That was science, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, these aliens are here for the water. They're oh, not scared of the water. water. Yeah. So my go-to response for this one is that, well, it's like 
all right, if they don't want people, then they want something with the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Let's extract something from here. What about water? Water's precious to us. Everybody loves water. I love it. Well, the answer is if aliens are interested in our planet's water, yes and no. Like, yes, they would want water. But honestly, it probably wouldn't be worth the hassle here. Because <laughs> there's a bunch of moons in our solar system and outside of it. Like the moon floating around Jupiter, uh, Europa, mm-hmm. has way more water than we do. Way more water. And it would be much easier to access because it doesn't have gravity. <laughs> and so they wouldn't have to fight they wouldn't have to fight our gravity while extracting water mm-hmm. from it. And bonus, they wouldn't have to fight us while yeah. extracting water. Mm-hmm. So there's really no reason to come here and get our water when you've got something like Europa. Way better. Okay. Way better. Again. And I bet you it tastes But, but you, you really can't understate gravity, though. Because gravity is... Aliens would likely not have the same gravity we have. Yeah. So they would not... They would have some sort of difference that would... Even if, they're, if their ships are perfect for space travel, they may not be great for hovering over water to extract water. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things to consider. Now... If you're not interested in water, maybe you're interested in resources, Iron minerals, me- yeah, metals. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, it's kind of similar to water. Uh, first off, asteroids are a much better source of metals than the Earth. We're not we're not really a great place for metal, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, because asteroids are like dense, they're pretty pure, and they require very little work to dig up. So easy. Then we have all the other planets and moons without us on them and those are really dense balls of whatever they're made of <laughs> all right so they're much more interesting whereas here we've got tectonic plates we're shifting we're moving and we're kind of floating on a molten surface whereas a lot of these things are like packed they're packed with metal we're not <laughs> we're not no we're not, not not compared to them no so there's no real reason and again it's easier to dig without atmosphere. And we've got atmosphere mm-hmm. and gravity. So, which mm-hmm. makes it way mm-hmm. harder to dig for these things. <laughs> so, why would you put yourself again in a fight with humanity while digging up way harder to dig up metal? It almost sounds like you're daring them. <laughs> I might be a little bit. What about home? What if they just want to live here? Mm. 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 It'd be too much work. if a race was advanced enough for this type of travel then then battling with the litany of earth microbes humanity and who knows what else is probably too risky and too much work in reality if they're able if they're this advanced they should be able to terraform a planet easier and start fresh than it would be to just conquer earth like they could do it on mars yeah yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be like having neighbors. Yeah. Now, the last one is probably what I would consider the most plausible one. Okay. Us. That's right. Not to eat us, but to come hang out. Just be friends. Chat with us. Yeah. So, there's a the, probably the best chance is most likely aliens would never come here to fight us or something like that. They could, mm-hmm. but there's not really a reason to. They would actually probably come to interact and study with study us. Like biologists or linguists or anthropologists of an alien society. They would come here and want to learn our cultures, music, our food, just everything about us, our religions, and just learn. 
my hope is that if there are aliens that want to come to earth, that yeah. they are like so advanced, they've gotten past the point of war. Like they realize that war is just stupid. Well, again, war with us is kind of pointless. There's not really a whole lot to gain. I mean, you could get the, again, you get the planet, but chances are, if you're that advanced, it sounds like you should be able to terraform your own world mm. without having to travel this far. Well, and you get all your pollution here. Enjoy <laughs> that, alien. Mm. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Well, James, what are, what are you talking about today? Well, before I talk about mine, I would like to submit a terrifying theory that I just randomly thought of while you were talking, Alex. Oh, oh great. Yeah. What if, what if the reason why they want to come here and conquer us is literally just their space zealots? Like, what if they just, what if the impetus for them to go to other worlds and develop that technology was just like on the off chance there was life out there and it needed to be subjugated because we are wrong? Like, we shouldn't exist genetically because we're not as good as them, or we shouldn't exist religiously because we don't worship the same God as them. Or just, you know, some really scary reason. Hmm. Wow, James. Yeah. Could be. So Wait, sweet dreams. Me. <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, uh, what I'm going to be talking about is what would happen to humanity if aliens reveal themselves. So a lot of things I think would happen. And some of them are good and many of them are bad. Um, right off the bat, a lot of people would refuse to accept it. And I literally mean that. I have talked in the past before about Crowley's interpretation of aliens as demons. I think a lot of people, uh, especially given that they have an anthropocentric view of the world and of culture and of our place in it, um, I think a lot of people would just refuse to believe that aliens are actually from space. And a great example of that is currently with with flat Earth theory. You know, we, we show satellite photos from NASA and they say, nope, that ain't real. We're surrounded by an ice shelf. And we, we fly a plane around the world, and they say, nope, that's, uh, that's Pac-Man magic, uh, as we discussed in our very first episode. Uh, so I think that a lot of people, when or if, or however you want to phrase it, if uh, extraterrestrials came, a lot of people, I think, would simply refuse to accept it. And if those same aliens didn't have a mm, first contact protocol, like a prime directive, <laughs> Yeah. Like if they didn't have a prime directive, what if they also revealed themselves to primitive peoples on our world who haven't even seen us, let alone aliens? Like, what would happen there? Yeah, I think that uh, I think that primitive peoples would. It would be a combo. Some of them would respond very hostily, and some would respond much like people in the New World did when Europeans came, which is some of them were hostile and some of them worshipped them as uh, the advent of deities. Well, I think similarly. Some primitive groups would do that, and I'm using the word primitive in a very neutral way, by the way. Um, but I also think a lot of advanced peoples would do the same. I think that a, a religion would probably be established pretty dang quickly around uh, aliens as deities. So I think that would definitely happen. I think a lot of people would panic, and there would be an ensuing violent reaction. And I, I mean, it's really it's it's almost like horseshoe theory. I think very few people would respond neutrally people would either respond as if it's a threat or they would respond uh almost in a a uh, misanthropic way uh where they would just revere these aliens as is inherently superior just by virtue that they're they're not people and i think that would be the big paradigm shift in and of itself in terms of how people view uh themselves 
and how they view our place in the universe. Because I think a lot of people, and I'm talking a big segment of society, would immediately conclude that humanity should serve them. And I think the other segment of society would conclude that humanity should rebel against them. And I'm would I would be in a minority, I think, who's just more neutral on the matter and just think, wow, this is going to be a good exchange of, of information and technology and we'll both benefit because I genuinely believe that. I like humans. I think people are great. And I think that the aliens would have just as much to gain from us as we would from them if they showed up. I don't think it would be a one-sided exchange at all. I think we're flipping awesome. Mm. But yeah. I don't think everybody necessarily agrees with that. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm that's wrong. very optimistic of you, James. I wouldn't expect that outlook from you, but that's that's yeah. a good way to look at it. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and we can compare it to other examples. With case in point, here are two extremes that that illustrate that in our own history. So first would be the Silk Road. The Silk Road was flipping amazing because you've got Europe, you've got Asia, and you've got the Middle East, and you've got this intersection and India which, you know, some people count as Asia and some people don't. It's all a very complicated thing, but uh, subcontinent. But uh, you've got this pathway that leads between all these cultures and all these resources and different biomes with different plants and different art and different religions. And it's just amazing. And what happened as a result of the Silk Road? Everybody benefited. Everybody benefited economically. Everybody benefited culturally. It was this amazing and wonderful exchange where everybody benefited. And if anybody thought that they were the better uh, beneficiary or the better um, uh, deliverer of resources, they're probably just being a dick. (laughs) So it was a really wonderful thing. Conversely, we have the Colombian exchange. And this is what a lot of people are worried about, and rightly so. Uh, And that is this idea that if aliens do come, that it would be rather one-sided. Because if you look at the Colombian exchange, Europe got corn and squash and potatoes and all these wonderful, wonderful things and gold and just a lot of cool things. And the, the people in the Americas got smallpox. And so it was it was a very one-sided exchange wherein one side really, really suffered a an apocalypse, a, a legitimate bona fide apocalypse that still hasn't been recovered from. And the other side got all sorts of cool stuff. And some people hmm. are very worried that that's what would happen, even if it wasn't deliberate. I'm not really sure, but I'm inclined to think that we are at a, a technological level where if if beings from other worlds did show up, it would be because they thought we were ready. And if they weren't nefarious, and I'm not saying they aren't, but if they weren't, then I think it would be an even exchange of a number of both both metaphorical resources in the form of knowledge and technology and in, in terms of actual physical resources. Because, you know, they don't have loofahs on Neptune, probably. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's so many advantages to reaching out and trading ideas and resources with other cultures. And I think this would just yeah. be an extension of that. And the last thing I want to talk about is how we would view ourselves. As I mentioned, some people would argue that we are the most important things in the universe, and they would immediately just assume the aliens were either demons or evil and rebel against them. Some people would immediately decide that humans are trash and that aliens are great, which I think would be a very prevailing opinion. I think it's a a bad Mm -hmm. one because I think we're awesome, like I said. Uh, 
But I do think that humans would have a more, and this is an important word, a more unified view of humanity at large. Because, you know, if if we actually encountered another race of beings, at that point, the differences between, say, Japan and Canada are going to seem a little smaller. <laughs> so, and, and I don't mean that in a globalist way. I'm actually a very anti-globalist person. In fact, I wish we would go back to being uh, just a series, a confederacy of different tribes. But I do think that a psychological unity is beneficial. And I think that a psychological unity would be much more realistic, not, not perfect, obviously, but more realistic with the advent of an entirely different sentient race that varies culturally from us uh, on an unimaginable level. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Very interesting. Man, i got to follow that. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Yeah, guys, today I'm talking about how to prepare for an alien invasion. So if they were to come to Earth and just not be so nice, mm. how can you survive? Locked stock and two smoking barrels. Uh, well, you know, I thought I thought that this would be a relatively easy thing to research, but my lord, you guys. No? Everything online was basically satire. <laughs> or if it wasn't, the comment section was just people ripping on the author, which would then devolve into Democrats versus Republicans oh and vice versa. Exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Well, well, it was like, uh, there was like comments like, oh, the Democrats would befriend the aliens and would kill all the Republicans together to save humanity. And then on the flip side of that, there was also the aliens will be able to use their telepathy to identify Republicans and use their minds and melt them oh. so that we will, you know, be gone with all the Republicans. Wow. So, yeah, it was like... People find a way to make everything political. Guess what? Yeah, that, that's, that's what kind of shocked me. I would love it if aliens invaded and their politics was something totally at odds with anything humans ever developed. Like like the Urkins from Invader Zim. Like if they were like, wait, 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 you guys have republics and monarchies? We're just... we're The, the people who are tallest, they're, they're in charge. <laughs> we, 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 we literally flipped a coin. That's who's in charge. They have absolute power. Imagine, imagine it's it's literally like random fascism. <laughs> so someone becomes a leader by uh, rock paper scissors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'd love it if that happened. Well, I could only find one semi-authentic article that addressed the issue as a what if scenario hmm. because we we've obviously never been invaded by aliens at least to our knowledge so it's mm -hmm. kind of tough to prep for something that's never happened before mm. and if alien ets were to come one we wouldn't know what their intentions were mm -hmm. hopefully it would be good like james kind of outlined a little bit pop that might be possible two we wouldn't know what kind of technology they have if they are you know out to get us so for the sake of our topic today Let's pretend intelligent life has come for devious reasons and they okay. want to decimate humanity, okay? Not good. Chances are they would have more advanced tech than us, especially if they figured out how to travel through time and space and possibly dimensions in order to get here. Mm. And they would probably have a whole arsenal of technology that we can't even begin to imagine existing. And we wouldn't know how to predict to cope with something like that. It'd be difficult. So... In my brain, if somebody was going to try to come here and destroy humans, the first thing they would want to do is take out our electricity and our power grid. Mm -hmm. Because, holy heck, that would... A lot of us are 
completely reliant on having electricity. It keeps our food cold. We use it to cook and we use it to charge our phones and our computers and our TVs. What if they came down and turns out they were just Amish and that was the coal all along? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if aliens are invading Earth, we probably want to look to like the world governments to guide us on what to do, even though 2020 showed us that they have no flipping idea (laughs) what's going on and how to handle crap. But I imagine if aliens invaded Earth, they, the government's, Earthly governments would probably tell us to stay at home with our doors locked until further notice, right? Kind of like what we did last year. (laughs) Don't leave. And if we didn't have the electricity, you should, this is one thing that I think everybody should have, some type of battery powered or hand crank radio at the ready, just in case we do need to tune into things and they've Mm -hmm. taken out our power grid. That's what you would want. And also, I just bought one of these, a solar powered um, charger. So that you can charge your phone or whatever you need with a little solo power charger. But anyways, if aliens do come and the government says stay home, I can almost certainly guarantee you that people will not be staying home. Uh, (laughs) People will almost certainly be looting stores for supplies and Louis Vuitton slippers. Toilet paper. 70-inch TV screens. Yeah, toilet paper would be a – we would have none. So – I found an article titled Close Encounters, How to Survive an Alien Invasion, mm. written by a guy named Jeff Zershmead. I think that's how you say his last name, but it was for asgmag.com, which is American Survival Guide. And he writes, and his article was like more serious. It was like, okay, this is just the scenario that we would want, we'd probably be looking at. And he writes that if aliens are taking over Earth, for most people, it would be best to get out of Dodge, you know? Go go out in the um, out in the woods. Go to Alpha Centauri. Yeah, if you <laughs> if you live in a populated area, you're gonna want to lay low. So if you live in a major city and aliens are trying to wipe us out, you might want to get away from that very populated city because that's gonna be an easy target for them. They can be like, oh, we can just take out all of these humans that are living in this very small proximity to one another. Boom. Well, that was great. We did our job. So if you live in a highly populated area, you're probably going to want to go hit the hills for a little while. And um, when you go, try to avoid other people while you're out there because other people are going to be just as dangerous during a situation like this as the aliens, Mm -hmm. which is just really weird to say. But if you've got, you know, Alex and I will have our matches and our little hatchet and other people will probably want those. So you'll want to s- avoid seeing other people. Mm-hmm. But the author of the article wrote this. He wrote, quote, a single human doesn't present a target very much different than any other comparable sized animal. And it's unlikely that animals will waste time looking for individuals hiding out in the mountains. Remember that laying low includes keeping your presence at a secret from other humans who will likely be desperate for the same resources you are using. Don't assume that we're all on the same team in the face of a crisis. Mm. end quote mm. so let me tell you guys it's not gonna be easy out in those woods you know what no. i mean yeah mm. earth battling aliens might take a while like if we're if we're fighting aliens and it's a battle it might take a while before we win who knows it could be like a years-long thing <laughs> um so you might be in those woods for for a while living off the land and in order to live off the land you're going to need to make Sure, you have weapons, so James would have his little gun. But you know what would be better than a gun, though? A bow and arrow. A bow and arrow. Because if you're trying to hide from humans, a bow and arrow is a lot more quiet mm-hmm. if you're hunting. 
than a gun, James. <laughs> and <laughs> well, you can cra- you can craft new arrows. You can retrieve arrows. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's why. I and so Alex, you need to put that on our Amazon li- wish list <laughs> and a bow and arrow, <laughs> just in case. Um, but hey, I know anyways. a guy who makes really good uh, compound bows. Really? Yeah. Shout out to Dave Mead. Shout out to Dave Mead. This episode was sponsored by Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, some other things you'll like likely need will be food rations. Though these will be heavy to carry if you're traveling through the mountains in search of safety. So just bring what you can. You'll definitely want to take medicine and bandages and things in case you get hurt at any point. You'll want clothes for all seasons, not just the ones that you've escaped in. I, I read that you should always have at least two pairs of clothes so that if you get wet, you can change into something dry. So you'll want different clothes. Um, you'll also want to make sure that you've got a few tools too, like a hatchet, a hammer, a saw, maybe some nails, and then your fire starter stuff. Mm-hmm. So you've got to pack lightly. That's the thing is like, you've got to pack enough to survive, but you also don't want to pack so much that you can't move and that it breaks your back as you're hiking through the woods of vital importance. You'll also need a shelter, just like you said earlier, Alex. And the article mentioned it would be good if you have a quote, well-concealed off-grid cabin, preferably a long way difficult road but let's be honest you guys not everybody has those you know what i mean i know i don't so you might have to get handy and build your own and i recommend everyone watch one of my favorite history tv channel shows alone which has started a new season alex got me discovery plus so i'm watching it and it's wonderful Hmm? um but Anyways, every contestant on that show has to build. That's one of the first things you do on that show is you build your shelter. Yeah, you need the, the rule of threes. Yeah. yeah, rule of threes. James, tell everybody what the rules of three are. I read them earlier, but I know you know them better than I do. No worries. Um, yeah, the rule of threes is you can't live three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, three weeks without uh, food, three months without hope. And that last one is sometimes tacked on there and sometimes not. But the reason why it's important is people often think in a survival situation, they need food or water. And yeah, you do need food and water, but you need to prioritize shelter way before that because you can die of exposure even in relatively uh, consistent climate conditions pretty dang fast, especially if you go to sleep on the ground, which you should also not do. That's why shelters exist. Yep. Even gorillas make beds out of leaves. Yeah. So uh, that show, if you want to see some really fancy shelters, y'all need to check out Alone if you don't already watch it. And if you do, then please hit me up on Instagram because I'd love to just talk about the show with somebody. (laughs) Anyway. I got to check it out. It's a good show. James, you would love it. You you know what, James? You would love it. It Alex's parents started watching it randomly. And now they are like, have you guys seen the season? What it's, network is it on? It's on History. <coughs> oh, okay, good deal. Highly recommend everybody watch that show because it is. It's very informative too, and it's like sometimes I'm like, oh, I could go camping, and then I see these people going out and doing these things, and I'm like, I would die after two days in the woods. Like, <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Except when we're with James, because James is going to help teach us how to live mm, off the land, right, right, James? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because if if he doesn't, this podcast is done. <laughs> okay. So another thing that you're going to need to consider when you're hiding out from the aliens, obviously, is water. Because rule of threes, you can only survive three days without water. 
but I recently discovered something called Life Straws. James, have you ever heard of Life Straws? Oh, I love them. They're so fascinating. You can literally like drink like sludge water and be okay with those things. Yeah, and that's what I'd never heard of it before, but I follow a survivalist on Instagram, and he said, though, these are the three things that I would have if I were in a bad situation, and Life Straw was on his list. <laughs> so I looked into them, and they're these little straws that filter out bacteria, protozoa out of water sources. So again, like James said, you could drink sludge water and be okay. But anyways, uh, James, I also wanted to ask you this, okay? So we don't have life straws, at least not yet. Hmm. How else could you get water? Like what other safe way can you get water if you're living off the land? Yeah, there's really only three ways that you can get water safely without any supplementary equipment. And even this would require jury rigging a few things. But one thing that you can do is make a filter. And the best way to do that is you, you can take a bag and a bucket and you put you hang the bag over the bucket, and in the bag you put increasingly, um, what's the word, like fine material. So you might start off at the very bottom of the bag with uh, like powdered charcoal, for example. Charcoal's a great filter. It's what's in Brita pictures, for example. And then above that, you might put sand, which is less fine. And above that, you might put soil, or and by soil I mean clean, like you know you you've you've baked this soil, um, or better yet small rocks and then higher up bigger rocks and so on until you've got something that filters out uh, a lot of those things and then after filtering and this is important because that's going to get rid of solid materials that are bad for you but it's not going to get rid of the toxins produced by bacteria it's not going to get rid of some of the bacteria the biggest uh, offender in the in america at least is giardia and probably worldwide some people call it beaver fever really really nasty illness so after you filter it then you boil it. Boil so it. that's very important. And another thing I'd recommend for anybody in America, or at least in a temperate zone where you don't have access to citrus, you get scurvy pretty quick. So while you're boiling that water, throw in some fresh young pine needles because that has more vitamin C than a lemon. Ooh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. We've got tons of pine needles in our backyard. Yeah, yeah we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you, James. I was just very curious about that because I was sure. like, what do we do if we don't have life straws? Okay, so let's pretend that Earth has defeated the aliens after a very intense war. We won. Hurrah. So we come out on top. What's next? After that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just as hard, but we're going to have to rebuild the world. Mm-hmm. And guess what, guys? It takes two to tango. It takes a community and multiple hands to build structures and roads and whatnot so after an alien invasion whereas like when the actual invasion's happening you're going to want to bug out and go and be on your own but then after we've won you're going to want to connect with people again so you're going to come together join hands rebuild society's team because they say teamwork makes the dream work Hmm. and when this happens you're going to have to pull your weight you know what i mean and i know that James mentioned this in our Doomsday episode, but it's really great if you have some type of special skill to offer the group. So, you know, when you rejoin society, you'll probably want like a doctor and somebody who is an engineer and all of these different things. So you have a special skill that you can put forth to help. You'll be a very prized member of society. So from here on, boys, I'm going to be trying to figure out what my special skill is because at this point, I just, I don't have anything to offer, uh, I don't think. So, you'd be a speechwriter for whoever the new president, chief, the new chief and commander, as we start calling it. Yeah. No, I could, I could write him some, some uh, speeches. 
I feel like I can cook. I can cook. That that would be my thing. Everybody. What would your What would your special cooking. skill be, James? Everything. Oh, everything. No, <laughs> he I, would be commander in chief. Cece would be like, "Oh, this is a wonderful spicy pine needle aioli." Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man. What about you, Alex? What would be your special skill? What would you put forth? Uh, I would probably manual labor at this point. Probably. That'd probably be my. Yeah, you'd be manual labor. <laughs> I'd be the one chopping trees down. <laughs> but you guys, in all reality, if aliens do come to Earth. I know this is something that you discussed during our recent Patreon episode, James. <laughs> but if they do come, it very well might be like when the conquistadors came to America. I know you talked about this just a minute ago. But the indigenous people had no idea who the white men were when they just kind of showed up on the island. And James kind of outlined some of the situations. But I hadn't realized what happened when they tried to go to Hawaii. Uh. Yeah, Hawaii was a very fascinating story. But it's totally off topic, but kind of like also not. And I I read this on history.com. But in 1778, an English explorer named Captain James Cook claims to have quote-unquote discovered Hawaii, which one, the native uh, native people on Hawaii beat you to it. And two, that's a very controversial claim because there are other explorers who may have noticed it existed centuries earlier. But Cook lands on one of the Hawaiian islands and the Hawaiians were fascinated by Cook and his people because they had advanced technology, you guys. Uh, they had like iron and nails and metals and stuff. So um anyways the first visit wasn't terrible it was relatively like you know easy a little smooth encounter and then cook leaves and he comes back two years later and as james mentioned it turns out that the hawaiian people had kind of like looked at them as gods like who are these people so they welcomed them back with open arms and were very excited and cook and his his crew members they they took advantage of that generosity and they started you know doing things that weren't so great And then one of Cook's crew members dies. And the Hawaiians are like, Uh, wait a minute, you're not, you're you're not immortal. Like, what the heck? And so they, they get very upset. And things take a turn for the worse for Cook and his crew. They try to leave, but the weather's bad. And rough seas are ahead. And they have to end up going back to Hawaii because they can't sail home. And when they get to Hawaii... The Hawaiians aren't having it. So they start pelting Cook and his men with rocks and stuff. And they steal one of his boats. And so Cook tries to negotiate some type of deal to get his boat back. And during this, one of the local kings, the Hawaiian local kings, is shot and killed. Which is not a good, you know, that's not good. So that's when the Hawaiians, they go full rage in the Englishmen. Cook and his crew, they start shooting back, but there are just too many um, Hawaiians that are fighting. And yeah. so they have to retreat and leave. And very few, a, a lot of the people were killed. The, the crew members were killed, including cook himself. Yeah, But yeah, it was just absolutely nuts. But the Hawaiians were able to fight off the English and they were left alone for quite a while after that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There was a wonderful book I read about it called shoals of, let me see, Shoals Book Hawaii. It was really good. This is a long time ago. Shoal of would, Time, A History of the Hawaiian I, Islands. Really good book, you guys. No, I want to read it. Just yeah. like, I, I've never been to Hawaii. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. That's where I bought I a know. copy. I don't Check know me. if I'll ever get to go because I, I'm not getting a vaccine passport, but... Mm. 
Right. Maybe I can read about it and dream right. of it. Oh, and little PSA, just because, you know, I know some people are, are they listen to the show and, you know, I'm, I'm glad if they take things seriously, but just in case anybody is hearing this and thinks, oh, I'll make pine tea. If you're pregnant or nursing, do not drink pine tea. That's, that's all. Little PSA there. That's a good, a good PSA, James. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a tea with some needles tonight. Alex <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> was going to make... Nope, not today. It smells so anyways, really good. It smells like lemonade. It's wonderful. Does it? You know, uh, Gwen's been obsessed with lemonades lately, mm. and I don't know why, but the other day she came out in the living room and she had a lemon that she'd taken off our counter, and she was just trying to bite it to get lemonade out of it. It's really <laughs> funny. But anyways, well, you guys, that was – it's been an eye-opening episode. Mm. Very, like, a thought experiment, right, James? Absolutely. Thinking about the aliens. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? Come get some. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. It's with Earth. Ugh. If there are any extraterrestrials that are listening, we we are peaceful people. I'm kidding. Um, okay. So I think it's it's time for us to draw from the vase. It's right there. Grab oh. it. Okay. Spin, spin, spin it up. Okay, you guys. Next week... We are talking about, oh, this is different. Grave robbing story, Abraham Lincoln assassination conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And this is from Milo in Newark, New Jersey. So, number one, Milo, I just love your name. That's yeah. not a name you hear very often. So, yeah, especially Milo in uh, Newark, New Jersey. That's a long name. <laughs> well, Milo told me that there was apparently a story where Abraham Lincoln's grave was robbed. Mm. And so he suggested this. So, this is gonna be cool. Yeah, it's gonna be a cool. It's gonna be a fun one. So you guys are gonna be talking about Abraham Lincoln next week, among other things, right? Yeah, among yeah, um, yeah. we'll we'll see. A couple other grave robbers. So you guys, until wait, Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant Cook. You find it on Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. So until next week, you guys, we hope that you can keep, keep it straight. straight.